Hello friends and welcome to There She Grows, the podcast for empowered women who are ready to grow the life and business of their dreams. I'm your host, Jessica Bledsoe, and I am obsessed with helping women like you master their mindset while manifesting your goals and creating a life and business you are excited to wake up to every day. So grab your favorite beverage and maybe a pen for taking some notes because we are about to get growing. If you're anything like me, your calendar rules your day. If it's not on your calendar, it probably doesn't get done. But sometimes we just need that calendar to do a little bit more. And that's exactly why I created Paver. Paver is a Google Calendar add-on that simply put, makes your Google Calendar better. And you can install it for free right now from the G Suite Marketplace or at www.getpaver.com. That's G-E-T. P-A-V-R.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of There She Grows. It has been a couple of weeks since I've been here. That was not intentional. I just really wanted to get my lead investor on my next podcast. And um, as you all know, I launched a crowdfunding campaign, and that was actually a lot more hard work than I expected it to be. So it just delayed my process a little bit. So I have Amanda Berry, my lead investor of our equity crowdfunding campaign here with me today. So hello, Amanda, thank you for being here. Hello, Jessica, thank you for having me. So this is the first podcast I've ever done live. <laughs> <laughs> Typically we do it through just like a Zoom meeting, but Amanda and I actually just um, rented an office together. <laughs> so we are both in our office today and I texted her literally this morning and was like, hey, would you have time for a podcast interview? So luckily she was here, but it's a little echoey because we literally just moved in. Um, I am recording this. I've got the video up if you guys want to watch it, but if you do, you'll see there's there's literally nothing like on the walls. I have three, three books <laughs> on my mantle back here. Um, and I'm really struggling with decorating this office. I think we both are, like we don't know what our style is. No idea. Or too busy running businesses to figure that out. Well, that too. <laughs> There's also that little thing. Um, so yeah, so anyway, we're just in an empty room, so it's a little bit echoey. I apologize for the audio, um, but none of that really matters because we are going to be talking about some really important stuff today, and I'm so glad to have Amanda here to share her experience because it's one thing to be on the founder side where we're the ones raising money, but then I need people like Amanda to show up and actually <laughs> invest the money that we need. So before we kind of dive into our like origin story and how Amanda became the lead investor, I'm gonna give her a minute to just kind of share her background and what she's doing now. So Amanda, start from the beginning. How did you, <laughs> how did you end up here in this office with me? So it's a very long story. No, um, so born and raised just south of Louisville, Kentucky. Love Louisville. It is my home. Um, spent years uh, in federal service before I left my government job and decided to start my own business, which was quite exciting going from a very structured uh, process, a W-2, 9-to-5 job to, hey, guess what, own a business. Well, I bet you had healthcare too. Um, I did. I had a lot of benefits. Oh. It was really great. <laughs> what are you many? There are risks, uh, things that you have to give up <laughs> to chase those dreams. Um, 10 years with government, which I loved what I did, um, but always wanted to, to do something different, to take that risk, that leap, right? Figure out what it is like to, to be an entrepreneur. 
Um, I currently own a couple of businesses, one of which is a franchise consultancy firm. Um, so jumped into the franchise space, try to figure out um, what franchise business was and how I could I could operate in that space. And I really, really enjoy that business. And that, I think, is where I met you. Yes. Yes. Yes, it is. So Amanda and I met at BNI. So if you're not familiar with BNI, it's like a networking group that meets every week with the sole intention of like passing each other referrals. Mm -hmm. And so somebody brought Amanda in as a visitor. She ended up joining our chapter and we just kind of like hit it off. Yep. And I always say like, I know it's really hard to make friends as an adult. Mm -hmm. And especially when you're an entrepreneur, because like you just kind of live alone on entrepreneur island a lot of times and like your family and friends don't really understand. Like if you're lucky, they support you. But a lot of times like they don't understand what you're doing and they don't fully support you. So it's hard to like find entrepreneur friends. And I always say that like those networking groups are the place to start because you're already surrounding yourself with like-minded people. And if you get super lucky, you'll meet somebody who is like one of your like soul sisters. <laughs> Absolutely. And for me, a networking group was such a weird thing. I never had to network before. And a corporate job, that wasn't yeah. something I had to do. It was the government. We just, you just, you just did what they it. said. <laughs> <laughs> you just show up and do your job and get a paycheck, man. What that must be I like. I know, I know. It was a good life. It was a good life. This one's better though. Yeah, I'm like, we're really selling like corporate jobs right now. Like, oh, benefits. Oh, a steady paycheck. But then you wouldn't be here in this office with not. nothing on the walls with me. So, <laughs> so yeah, so Amanda met in, in BNI. And um, just a side note, I've met several friends in BNI. And mm -hmm. This is not a plug for BNI. There are tons of networking groups. But the thing about BNI is you do meet every single week. You do. And that consistency of just seeing someone on a regular basis, I feel like is how it becomes a little bit easier to like create genuine friendships. Um, so anyway, we met at BNI and I eventually left BNI, but we, we had formed a book club <laughs> and we laughed. We use that term loosely. <laughs> we've never read a book in our book club, mm -hmm. but we started a book club, uh, myself and Amanda and two other women that were actually in the same BNI chapter. And so we stayed in touch through that. And um, when my husband, Adam, and I had this idea for paper, it was much different. It was much more complicated in the fact that we had kind of created like a system that you could follow to get the same result. And he had the idea of potentially like franchising what we were doing, this process that we had created. And I was like, well, I don't know anything about that, but my friend Amanda is a franchise consultant. I don't know if that's what she does, but maybe I can at least get her to have like a meeting with us. And she did. And we sat down and we told her idea. And what did you say? <laughs> you asked, should we franchise this? And I said, absolutely not. You need to take this product to market. It's so, yeah, so, not the right model for you. <laughs> so we were not, we were not for her. Um, but I mean, a year later, I mean, I talked about this all the time. So I'm pretty sure like every time we saw each other, it came up and, yeah. um, a year or so later, I was like, hey, I'm going to I'm going to do this thing. And we went into the accelerator program last year and finally got to the point this year where we were raising and I needed a lead investor. And I will be sharing some information over the next couple of weeks just about some like terminology. But a lead investor is, is exactly what it seems like. It's the person who leads your investment round. And typically they have to be someone who is your cheerleader. Like you want somebody who's going to be cheering you along, who can facilitate introductions with other people. Um, before this, Amanda had already introduced me to a couple people who might have been interested in investing. And so she was the person who I approached and I was like, will you please, <laughs> will you please be my lead investor? And yeah, she agreed to it. I did. So that had to have been like 
I mean, I don't know how I could do that. And I, like, that might sound bad because I'm somebody who needs to be invested in, but like, that's a huge leap of faith. Like not just your time, but like now it's like your money too. Mm-hmm. So like, how did that feel like saying like, Hey, like I'm, I'm willing to be your lead. It wasn't actually hard. It was not a hard decision to make. Um, I think that it, throughout my career, I've overseen just lots of projects. When I was with the government, I was in charge of $480 million projects. I had, um, and in my current business, I see a lot of business structures and what you and Adam have done just makes sense. So it was not a hard decision at all. Um, you stroke the check and you pay the money and that can be a little like, <laughs> but I'm a risk taker. And I think anyone that's in the investing world is, is a little bit of a risk taker. Yeah. So. I, I think you have to be like, even just as an entrepreneur, like mm-hmm. you have to be willing to take risks. And something that Amanda always says too is um, money's not real. Money, like money doesn't matter. <laughs> Unless you want to give me something, then it matters a lot. <laughs> then it matters. <laughs> but you guys know that that's like a notion that I kind of subscribe mm-hmm. to as well. And I've been trying to get my husband, Adam, to like understand. <laughs> like he's totally on board with everything I do. Like he's, he understands the woo. He lets me do it. But like money for him definitely matters. And I got to this point where it was just like money doesn't matter. Like I can't focus on the money anymore. And so for like a year or more, I was trying to like get him to understand like money is energy, like energy is abundant. You just have to match the money that you want, like trying to like explain it to him in all these different ways. And literally like one time Adam or Amanda told Adam money is not real. It's not real. It's not real. And it's something we've all agreed upon that gives us experiences and things, but it's not real. But like now he fully believes that like if, I mean, you know how it is. Like, you can tell somebody something like a hundred times, but sometimes mm-hmm. it just takes somebody who's not like as close to the situation to say the same thing. But he's like fully subscribed to this notion now that like money <laughs> doesn't matter. Like, he may have like taken it too much to the extreme because we just moved into this new house. Obviously, just moved into an office. We're trying to furnish both of them, and like furniture is expensive, y'all. Like, furniture is so expensive. And I'll find like something that I like and, and I'm like, oh, I don't know if I want to pay $2,500 for a couch. And he's like, just get it. Money doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. <laughs> like if that's what you want, just get it. And I'm like, okay, there has to be like some balance there somewhere. I never thought I would be the one like trying to reel it in on that side of things. So glad I can help you out there. Yeah, appreciate it. <laughs> appreciate that. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about like some female founder statistics because When I started this, I was coming from a service-based industry. We have a local business. We help local clients. I go out. I do all this networking. Like, I have a pipeline full of potential clients and customers. Like, it was a very different world than the one that I'm in now where, like, my customer – I mean, we have customers in 20 different countries all over the world at this point for paper. Like, I was looking at our, um, our new users this morning, and it was, like, France and Italy and, like, all of these different countries that when I went to their website, I had to like use Google translate to translate the website just to see what it was. But (laughs) so it was, it's just a different world. And there was so much like new information that I was getting bombarded with. And I think like as a woman, you know that we're underrepresented, Mm -hmm. but you don't really grasp it until you start looking at like the data and the statistics. I know you're a data person. Mm -hmm. So I want to share some of these statistics with you and like just kind of get your reaction to them because for me like my brain exploded and I had to like clean it up <laughs> off the wall. All right, hit me. Okay, so mixed gender teams. So that means like there's at least one female founder, which is what 
what we are because I don't want to like I don't want to forget about Adam. He's <laughs> very smart and a very important person, but I am you know, I'm the captain of this ship uh -huh. as the CEO. So mixed gender teams, meaning at least one female founder, received just 11 and a half percent of all venture capital dollars invested. 11 and a half percent. That means that all men founded teams are receiving almost 90% of every venture capital invested dollar. Like that's, that's insane that that's not even like the worst statistic. <laughs> the worst one. So when female entrepreneurs pitch their ideas to uh, potential investors or VCs specifically, um, on average, they receive less than men by millions and millions of dollars. So they're, they could be pitching the exact same idea and they would still get, if they get funded at all, it would still be millions of dollars less than what men are receiving. And you guys like, don't even get me started on the questions that female founders get asked versus the, the questions that men get mm -hmm. asked. Like one thing I've noticed is that I get asked like, well, what would you do in this situation a lot? Where men are asked basically to like, paint the picture of the future. So it's like they get to like lay out this like big, beautiful story of like how they're going to take over the world and become the next, you know, Steve Jobs or Mark Zuckerberg or whatever, while I basically have to defend my position before this scenario has even happened. So not only are we being funded less, but we're also like getting asked questions that men would never be asked, which I'm working in government. I'm sure that oh, all the time. <laughs> you have that experience. All the time. I mean, the numbers are shocking, but it doesn't surprise me that there's that big of a, a gender gap and a pay gap. I guess, I guess it did actually surprise me a little bit just because like, so being an entrepreneur and someone who's owned a business for a while, like there were definitely instances where I would go in to like share my proposal with someone and they would have questions about the tech and I would explain it, but then I would have to bring Adam in kind of after the fact mm -hmm. to like, solidify that I knew what I was talking about and he would say like the exact same things that I would and and that would like convince them but for the most part I didn't really experience a whole lot of like well she's a woman she doesn't know what she's doing or maybe I did and I just didn't pay attention and to I think it. it's much more subtle than that right I think, I think so like I think it is much more and there's probably like things that happen that I didn't even realize like were happening but again my bubble was so small in this like local service business that I was in for so long that I just I didn't realize that it was still such a huge gap and like that's on me as a woman like not educating myself but I'm so glad that I've taken the time to understand this now because it's better prepared me going into pitches and talking to investors like it sucks that I have to like prepare to answer my questions in a way that I know they're going to be asked, but I'm somebody who likes to over-prepare for things. So now, <laughs> like now I can do that. Um, but that's, that, like, that's the bad stuff, but here's where it gets good about female founders. So despite that funding gap, businesses founded by women deliver significantly higher returns on investment than those founded only by men. Do you want to like take a guess on like what the difference is? What is the difference? It's more than twice, <laughs> more than twice as much revenue generated per dollar on average. So you're twice as likely to get a return on your investment. You're twice as likely to get a higher return on your investment. Like women are just out here killing it, even though mm -hmm. we continue to be underestimated. Well, I think what you, the picture that you painted is, is exactly what happens is oftentimes, especially in the situations you describe, what you're describing is that you're not granted the same benefit of the doubt. Yeah. 
right, as a male investor and all male team. Um, and, and that relates directly to essentially, in my view, that's fine. You can underestimate me. I know. You've just been underestimated, right? I, I've experienced the same thing in government. I think women do in the corporate world all the time. It's we have to validate our worth and our knowledge base before we're taken necessarily as seriously as someone who um, doesn't look like us. And that, like, I literally have like chills all over because it infuriates me. It's like, <laughs> why should I have to do that just because I'm a woman? And I remember the first time that I experienced that, I was like, I think I was like 20, maybe 21, but I, I don't think I was, I don't think I was 21 yet. And I was working for um, this this company and I was up for an, a promotion essentially. And so it was property management and I, I was like the admin assistant and there was a property that we were taking on that needed like a dedicated property manager. And I was like up for this promotion. And I was like so excited because this was my first like real job. I was still in college, but I was working pretty much full time at that point. And mostly I just wanted more money. Like, you know, like I was like, well, yeah. <laughs> like $9 an hour or something. And I was like, oh, if I get this promotion, like I'll make more money. Um, and so long story short, someone else ended up getting the job and it was, um, she was, she was older than I was, but she was also like friends with one of the owners. And I actually like, I love her. Like, I don't like, she was totally like good for that job. And I don't want to like discredit her at all because she's amazing. But it was that first moment where like I was underestimated because I was young, mm -hmm. because I wasn't, you know, I didn't know the right people, but you know, like there were, where it was like, it kind of like lit a fire under me where like, I'll show you, you know, like <laughs> I will show you, like I deserve that job. And you, you quite honestly fucked up by not giving yep. it to me. Yeah, you did. <laughs> and I did actually have that moment. I got a promotion, maybe like six months later, a similar position. I went in and like killed it and he actually like told me like you have done an amazing job here I'm like I, I know I did I should have gotten that <laughs> other job thank you for recognizing so anyway side tangent I'm being <laughs> underestimated but yeah like that's totally like I'm just I'm just underestimated we're just underestimated yeah. you can't be good you have to be great and, to play in the game but I love it too because I have a pretty good track record yeah. of like proving me wrong and I think Adam my husband has even like recognize that in me that like if he wants me to do something that like I don't want to do or I'm scared to do like he'll start kind of like like well you can't it's because you can't do it and like I know what he's doing <laughs> I know he's trying to reverse psychology he but really is it works because like as soon as he says it, I'm like whoa I'll show you <laughs> so he does it and it works and I know what's happening but whatever so so there's that <laughs> motivation motivation um back to the numbers so not only are women generating twice as much money as men for the dollars that are being invested in them, but they're also just better at growing their businesses. A 17 year study showed that women grew their revenue by 72% while men only grew their revenue by 45% during that same 17 year period. So again, we're almost doubling the amount of revenue. And as someone who has grown a small business, like, I can tell you that like, that's like, that's what that's we're huge. here for. If we're yeah. going to be spending our time working, like we want money, like show us the money. Exactly. <laughs> you know, like that's just, I think we're just motivated. Cause again, <laughs> it also kind of like proves everybody else wrong. It's like, well, if you can't think I can't do it, watch me and I'll do it twice as good as you could. Absolutely. So with that being said, um, the authors of this study also showed that if, 
if women had been invested in at the same rate as those men, then the investors could have generated $85 million more in a return. So if they had just invested as much as they did in those men, then they could have generated an $85 million return on those women. So don't you feel stupid. <laughs> <laughs> and since we are also a technology company, I think it's worth noting this final statistic is that private technology companies led by women are more capital efficient, achieving a 35% higher return on investment. So, I mean, that's kind of a big deal because first of all, like how many women are even out here running technology companies? There should be more of us. There should absolutely be more of us. There are women who are in STEM who are more qualified than I am even to be running companies, but what's like, why should we based on these numbers, you know, like we're not, we're not even, we're barely like in the game. So I get it. But as a small business owner, I know how to move money around to make things make <laughs> sense on a tight budget. So I completely get how we're getting these high returns because I know that it's possible and I Think that we just pay more attention to it than men do and we're not as willing to like just throw money at a problem like we want to make sure that the money that we're going to be spending is actually going to solve the problem or help the problem and not create new problems which is what men do obviously <laughs> well what i think we're just especially in western culture we're just more collaborative we're not afraid to understand that there's a problem admit that there's a problem and roll up our sleeves and fix the problem that's what we do that is so true. And that's something else that I noticed in our service business. Um, so we were a technology focused service mm -hmm. business, obviously. And like, I don't know, I'm just pulling this number out of my ass, but I would say that 80% of our clients were women owned businesses because they were much more receptive to like, I know that this can be better, but I don't know how to do it myself. And I'm not going to waste the time trying to figure it out myself when there's somebody that I can hire to do it for me and make it work the way that I want to yep. work versus men, I think are much more prone to like not admitting when something isn't working the way that it should, especially because I mean, in the beginning of your business, you just do whatever you have to yep. do to make it work. And so you just kind of like cobble these like systems and processes together and they work for a little while, but it gets to a point where like your business is suffering because you're not updating your technology and women are fully willing to admit that where men are like, I'm the one that put the system in place. <laughs> it must work forever. Exactly. Um, so yeah, I think that that's just that's just common is that women are, like you said, just more open yeah. to collaboration and and hearing what someone is saying instead of like, no, this is how it is, and yeah. I don't care what you say. Exactly. It's I, not a pissing contest. It's like, a let's get it done contest. Exactly. <laughs> let's get it done. Let's, let's make our business done. make more money. Like at the yeah. end of the day, like we want to work less and we want to make more money. Yep. If you're telling me you can do that for me, like sign me up, right? I'm listening. I'm listening. Please help me. Yes. And I hate to like, I don't want to generalize all men. I don't like, that is true. that's not what I'm here for. This is not like a men bashing ceremony. We are both married to men yeah. who we love very much. We're good men. Um, so that's just a kind of broad generalization. <laughs> we are not, we are not men haters. <laughs> um, so knowing all of those statistics, like, now, how empowered do you feel knowing that you are no, like you are not contributing to that problem at all. You are like building up female founders. I love it. I absolutely love it. One, I think the technology space clearly needs more Yeah. female founders, female, female influence. I think the, the venture capitalist space needs that. It shouldn't, 
that doesn't belong, that's not an exclusive club anymore. It's open, Yeah. right? It's open and it's ready. And for people who are willing to risk it and take the leap like you are and Adam are, uh, I think it, it's going to be, it's going to pay dividends. I mean, even if you just play the odds with the numbers that you, exactly. and then you stated at this point, right? Exactly. Like I look at it and I say this in my, like my video on WeFunder about how I like to compare us to like a, like a, a horse and the Kentucky Derby. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, I feel like we've got like the best trainer. We've got the best jockey. We, yeah. we like, we came from a great stud line. Like we've got all these things and those are wonderful. And like, we are set up for success for sure. Like our odds are already lower than anyone else on the field, but we could also still lose, you know, yeah. like with, it could rain on Derby Day, and we've never ran in the rain before. So, like, <laughs> I always want to preface it with, like, I want you to invest in me, but I might lose your money because we're basically a horse in the Kentucky Derby, and this is what we were bred for. But, you know, disclaimer, don't go bet the house. Don't bet the house. Yeah, don't don't not feed your family for this. <laughs> but at the same time, it's exactly what you said earlier, right? Women are more collaborative. You've built the best team that you can. Right? You've taken yeah. your ego out of it and done what needs to be done to make the best company that you could possibly make. And I think that that speaks volumes. And honestly, that's why I'm more than happy to invest just in female founders in general, because that's the baseline, right? That's, yeah. that's the secret to success. That's why we get two times as much exactly. on our retirement. It, it, I think that's just, it's culturally, it's bred into us. It's just, just who we are and how we operate and bring that to the world of business. And then it, the sky's the limit. Yeah. I, I mean, obviously, I'm basically, like, tooting my own horn by saying these things, but, like, I <laughs> I know myself well enough to know that, like, first of all, this, like, none of this is going to go the way I expect it to go. Nope. I know I'm going to, like, run into roadblocks, and I know I'm going to cry, and I know I'm going to want to quit. Like, I know all these things, but I'm prepared for those things to happen and let them happen when they have to happen. And I think that that comes from all this experience that I've had in, in owning a business before. It would be a much different conversation, I think, if I, like, this was just an idea I had. And I was like, I'm going to, like, kudos to those people, first of all, who can do that. It takes yeah. a lot of, like, wherewithal to, like, believe in yourself that hard. But I feel like I have, like, proof to back up what I'm going to do now. And it's just a different conversation when you are so confident in what you're doing that, like, this is an opportunity for you as much as it's an opportunity for me, you know, like I want you to be on that yacht with me. <laughs> and I'm going to have to have a really big yacht, you guys, because like, I have she's so, invited everyone. I, I have Everyone's so coming many, to the yacht. So many people on this yacht. Yeah. But that's, it's fine. It's going to be like the Kylie Jenner yacht, which I'll have to send to <laughs> you because she rented out this amazing yacht with like all her family and friends and like sail around for like a month. And I was like, well, yeah, Isn't that the dream? that's what I'm going to, what I'm going to do. And if I could also get on the cover of Forbes, that would be cool too. Oh, that'd be great. So Forbes, if you're listening, I'm available. Um, yeah. So sorry. I just got like, I got, I, I get, this is what happens I get distracted by my yacht. I, like, I start, <laughs> I start thinking about my yacht life and it's like, I'm already there and I can feel the sun in, in my face. Um, so you kind of touched on that a little bit on like why you did invest. So do you have any advice for someone else who would consider investing in me, but not, you know, not just in me, but just in, in female founders in this, this space where it's like, you, you don't, you don't really get to the chance to invest in a small business. Right. So you're really investing in something that, you know, has high growth potential. And I think that's a scary 
thing to do because a lot of people don't know a lot about it. I didn't know shit about it when I started. So it's like for somebody who doesn't know a lot about that space, like what advice would you have for them just kind of getting started and like dipping their toe in the water? So first and foremost, know what you're investing in, right? You have to know what you're investing in. And that's not just the product. I I work with a lot of clients that invest in a lot of different businesses and it's not just about the product or service. It's also about the people behind the product or service, right? I have to trust you as a person and as a founder and not just because I know you as Jessica, my friend, but because I know you and your work ethic and how you've built this company. I can hand over money. That's the easy part. You're the one working the 14 hour days to make it happen. Right. Okay, um, I'm not actually working. <laughs> <laughs> However many hours. Um, it's your baby, right? I'm just here to help you try to raise it. I'll be the, the aunt, takes I guess. Takes the village. <laughs> it absolutely takes the village. from two childless babies. <laughs> right. These are our kids. These are our children. Our business is our children. <laughs> we do have fur babies. Um, but honestly, I think you have to, if you're a numbers person, you have to understand the numbers. It's got to be about your comfort level. It's numbers. You have to understand the numbers. If it's a relationship, you have to understand the relationship. You have to feel comfortable with it. Don't bet the house if you can't afford to bet yeah, the house. Don't do that. Um, you have to go into this knowing that it is a risk. It is a gamble, but no risk, no reward either. Um, I think that that's incredibly important to highlight. I said before, I love investing in women. I love this newfound tribe that that has opened this world to me going from government to business ownership and, and making that transition and realizing there were people like me who had played by the old rules. And I realized that that's not the only rule book yeah. out there. Um, that was a huge thing that I did not realize until I felt like much later in life. I wasn't 21 when I figured that out. I was more like 31 when I figured that out. Yeah, go big or go home. Uh, go big or go home. <laughs> but at the end of the day, it's about a belief that I know, I know you and I know Adam, and I know that you are not going to rest until you see this thing all the way through, whatever that conclusion is. I'm not betting on the ending. I'm betting on the level of try, the level of effort. And that I think was the easiest thing for myself and Kyle, my husband to decide is there's no one that's going to put forth more effort. So that I don't have to worry about at all. Whatever happened. I didn't even tell her to say that. She did. I didn't even tell her to say that. (laughs) But honestly, for real, that is truly what it comes down to. I talk about this with my clients. You believe in the people that you're doing business with. Because if you don't, then don't do it. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that so much. Like that for me, like I think that doing, so we decided to do this, this raise that we're doing through equity mm-hmm. crowdfunding. So I want to touch just on that a little bit so that you understand, or not you, obviously you understand. <laughs> I better, otherwise I did not do my due diligence. Do your due diligence. <laughs> for everyone listening who might not know what equity crowdfunding is, it's kind of like Kickstarter, but mm-hmm. instead of like giving money and you might get like the end product as like a result Mm -hmm. of that or something, you're actually getting a piece of our company. So you are now, like you are now an owner of our company. And as a lead investor on the, like on this round with WeFunder, Amanda is actually the one who Mm -hmm. gets, like she gets to vote for everybody else. So like not everybody is going to have a chance to like give their input as an owner. But I chose Amanda because I knew that like one, she doesn't have a problem like telling me if there's something that needs to be corrected, (laughs) but she also has experience that I don't have to be able to look at things in a different perspective that I would have and to speak for all of my investors who, who you really, like, you probably are just like investing in like on a a horse that has pretty silks, Mm -hmm. but Amanda knows more about (laughs) horse racing, so she is more qualified 
to help speak on everyone else's behalf. So that's what we chose. Um, we funder for was because we could do this equity crowdfunding. So you don't have to be a venture capitalist. You don't have to be an angel investor. You don't even have to be an accredited investor to invest in us. Literally anyone and everyone can invest and you can do it with as little as little as a hundred dollars. Yeah. And that's what we love, but it's also really scary for me just because like the people who are investing in me are people I have personal relationships with, you know, like these are like my friends, my family, my grandma sent me a message last night and was like, I don't know how to, to do this like <laughs> online, but I want to invest in you. So I'm like going to call her later and help her like figure it out. So these are like, this money is coming from people that I care about, which only like makes me want to succeed even more because if it's just a stranger, like venture capitalist and they have millions of dollars to invest and they know that they're going to lose nine times out of 10, like there's not, like there's not as much pressure to deliver as it is when it's like, I want all these people to invest in me because I want them to be on this yacht with me and to like own a piece of that yacht too. I don't so. think it's just that. I also think that just knowing you and who you are and I think people in general, they just don't want to disappoint the people that they love no, in life. that's true. Like I don't like. It's a huge motivating factor. It's a huge motivating factor. And I know that's going to be the thing that like gets me out of bed <laughs> on the days that I like don't want to do anything. It's like, well, damn, like I got, you know, I basically have like people who are relying on me that I've not had in a way before so anyway. and by the way they're gonna see you at thanksgiving yeah and, <laughs> and there's that and your cousin's graduation next year yeah. and yeah so yeah and but then we did agree like before you like stroke the check that it was like <laughs> when we do like our book club or like our friend thing yeah. like we're not going to talk about business unless it's me crying <laughs> That's what I love about working with women, though, is we can create those separate relationships and yeah. not hold people first. Like, that, that's, I think, what's beautiful. Yeah. Right? Is that it, business life, personal life, they can merge. It's not, a, it's not a problem. Right. And it's not like we have other things that are going on. You know, exactly. it's not like our business is our entire life. It's a big chunk of it, but there are things that exist outside of that. My business feeds the life I want to live, exactly. not the other way around. And it, that's absolutely how it should be. Yep. I think we get so tied up in like being successful that we forget that success isn't just in business. Like right. if every other part of your life is falling apart, but your business is successful, it's like, well, are you really successful then? And I think that's when we have to really like take a step back and start to realize that maybe some things have to change, which is actually how we got here. You know, like we had a successful business, but if I'm tied to one location all the time because that's where my clients are that's not really serving the higher purpose of who I want to be because I want to be able to pick up and drive to Colorado yeah. on a random Tuesday which we did a month ago and so that's like yes the business was successful and everything else was going good and it certainly wasn't a bad life by any means but once right. I recognize that this isn't the lifestyle that I wanted to have forever then you start taking the steps to change that and yeah. then the universe sends you a multi-million dollar idea <laughs> and you go do it you have to know your why i think that's the thing that you're saying yes you have to know your why why are you doing this because if it was just about money which is not real um it can't just be about money it can't just it's be about, about money. what I the money stayed. does i would i would have stayed where i was at yeah i would have stayed where i was at with my great benefits and my cushy government job and who's ever gotten fired from one of those no one ever <laughs> so i would have stayed there but that wasn't that wasn't my why your why has to be very personal. It has to be multifaceted. And, and if you're going to invest in someone, you have to believe in their why. Your why and their why have to match. Yeah. Totes agree. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 
Well, I just want to wrap this up with saying thank you so much. I know I've thanked you like a hundred times. You're probably like, can you please stop? I really am. At this um, point, I'm like, that's great. Just, like, just can we just move on? Go do the thing. But <laughs> I do appreciate you. And I, I, we've launched our crowdfunding campaign. Our goal is 250,000. It hasn't launched to the public yet. It's really only launched to like our friends and family and people we know. We've already raised over $50,000 and all but one of my investors has been female so far. So that's that. incredible. I want to keep that. I want to keep that trend going because I love women investing in other women. And when I started my like my journey mm-hmm. of mindset work, like I, one of the things that you were supposed to write down was like, what do you want to be? And one of mine was an investor. And that for me, that was like an investor in myself, an investor in real estate, and an investor in other people as well. And there have been so many women who have been like, I'm so excited to invest in you because this is something that I've been wanting to do. I just didn't know like how to do it or, you know, how to find something that I thought was worth my investment. And that's been actually really cool. Like there's been at least three women who have thanked me for the opportunity <laughs> to invest. And I'm like, you're welcome. Well, just the idea of investing in venture capital, is, that's intimidating. These are it not is. terms it that have ever, this is not general everyday terminology. No, it's not. And it's very intimidating when you're learning it. And I'm very fortunate. I feel like that I did get into that accelerator last mm-hmm. year because it was like a boot camp and all things like investing and like getting your company to the point where you potentially could be investable. And so I really had to, like just learn it as I went through it. And I was very intimidated. I'm still intimidated by it a lot of times, but like, I was like anxiety attack in the car before I would go into like a meeting. <laughs> like that's how bad it was this time last year. But I feel like I've learned so much in the, in the last year. And speaking of which I'm putting together some like, it's like a terminology cheat sheet mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. if you go to um, our WeFunder page, you'll see like our terms, which is like, it's a convertible note and there's a two and a half million dollar valuation cap, unless you're in the first hundred thousand dollars, which is a $2 million valuation cap and an 8% discount. And there's like all these words that like you, like nobody knows what they Yeah, they're like words, 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 like words, 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 <laughs> words, 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 I emailed my attorney the other day and I like highlighted a, a part of the convertible note. I'm like, can you explain this to me? Like I'm five <laughs> because I know that somebody else is going to ask me to explain it. And I, I just be like, let me turn around. and like, let me Google it really quick. So I'm still learning as well, but I feel like I'm a couple of steps ahead of oh, most yes. people. Yeah, so I'm gonna, I'll put together some resources for you guys. So with all that being said, I can't, you know, I can't not encourage you to invest in me. If you are so inclined, you can find that campaign at wefunder.com backslash paver. That's P-A-V-R. It's linked up um, pretty much anywhere you follow me on social media. It's in my Instagram link in bio. It's on uh, my Facebook page. It's everywhere. If you are interested in investing and just want to learn more, check out that WeFunder page. It has literally I spent so long putting together all that information. Like I, I've completely like reshaped my company. I feel like because mm-hmm. they asked me so many different questions that I've never thought of before. Um, so all that information is on there. Um, I am hosting a webinar today that I will record and will be put up that's answering some questions. And then you can also schedule some time straight on my calendar. If you just want to have a one-on-one call with me, there are no stupid questions. I like, I don't expect hardly anyone to understand what some of these things mean. So don't feel like you're answering or you're asking a stupid question or wasting my time because 
that is certainly not the case. So our campaign is open privately until October the 7th. You as a listener are considered my friends and family now. So <laughs> if you are interested in investing before then, um, please let me know. We do have an early bird perk for our first $100,000 worth of investment. We have about $50,000 of that still available, which is you get a $2 million valuation cap instead of a $2.5 million valuation cap. And the easiest way for me to explain that is that it essentially makes your money worth more down the road once we do go on to get um, angel and or VC money. And um, yeah, I would love for you to be one of those first investors, but the campaign will run through January 15th. So you've got some time to learn and um, make a decision. You don't have to do it in the next week. But anyway, thank you guys again for joining me. Thank you, Amanda, for being here. Thank you for having me. I will, I promise I won't be gone another two weeks. I have other episodes recorded. <laughs> I just didn't want to release them because I was like, I want to talk to Amanda. So now we have successfully talked to Amanda and we can move on with our regularly scheduled programming. So I will talk to you guys soon. Thank you for listening. Thank you for following. And if you want to invest, you know where to find me. If you're anything like me, your calendar rules your day. If it's not on your calendar, it probably doesn't get done. But sometimes we just need that calendar to do a little bit more. And that's exactly why I created Paver. Paver is a Google Calendar add-on that simply put, makes your Google Calendar better. And you can install it for free right now from the G Suite Marketplace or at www.getpaver.com. That's G-E-T. P-A-V-R dot com. Thanks for listening to There She Grows. For show notes, resources I talked about in this episode, or links to our free downloads, visit www.thereshegrowspodcast.com. Thanks, and I'll see you next week.